My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 82. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of My Car Guru. I drove an electric vehicle 60 miles, well, probably 75 miles yesterday. I was thinking 60. I had to go to a hospital in a little town called Irwin, Tennessee, to have an MRI. Now, I live in the big city of Greenville, Tennessee, population 17,000. Irwin is probably population, I don't know, 5,000, if that many. Maybe a little bit more than that. I didn't look it up. I didn't Google it. But I had to drive there to get an MRI on my knee because that was the only hospital in this hospital group that we have up here in East Tennessee that was available on short notice. Well, my, um, what do you call him, orthopedic surgeon call, or doctor called me just a little while ago. He said, well, you have uh, some de- degenerative, see, whenever they start anything with degen, I know that is them saying can't do anything about it. So I have a degenerative tear in my meniscus, and it was brought on by a, a very uh, active and aggressive uh, pickleball match between me and my wife. She was running me all over that pickleball court. You know, the only saving grace is that a pickleball court is not very big. But she was running me nonetheless. I taught her how to play tennis. We used to play a lot of tennis. We won the club championship in mixed doubles. And, you know, I was a pretty good tennis player. I'd say on a scale of one to ten, I was probably a six, six and a half. I had moments of brilliance, though, uh, but just not enough of them. I got beat one time by this kid um, that was at least two feet shorter than me. I was on a high school tennis team. Thought I was a big shot. Had big hair. It's back in the 70s. Well, I didn't think I was a big shot. I just knew I could beat him. He went to a little county school, and they played on an abandoned airport runway in Tusculum, Tennessee. And so that tennis court was so bad that so you've got this runway and what you know they crown runways like they crown roads so that the water can run off apparently and so i'm on one side the, the court goes crossways on, across the runway and it's actually become a city street very wide city street in tusculum you may have seen it before if you've been in this part in this neck of the woods but anyway i'm i go out there on the court and i could barely see his feet because of the crown of the court. If you got down on the laid down on the court instead of being able to see his old body, you would see him from about the waist up. That's how much crown it was. Well, he, he was used to playing there. I was not. You know, I'm used to hitting the balls hard, you know, backhand and forehand. And a hard serve. That's the way I did. I have a lot of top spin. I was a Jimmy Connors um, wannabe, I guess. Jimmy Connors and Bjorn Borg. And so this guy wore me out and never hit a ball. I mean, he even held the racket like halfway up the neck. That's how bad he was. But he was like a backboard. I mean, everything I hit at him, he would boing and bang it, and it would come back really slowly. And what would I try to do? Try to kill it right into the net or completely over the baseline. It wasn't fair. But I got beat. I was the number one player for the ten, for uh, Greenville High School, and he was number one for Chucky Doke. That was something. That's something you don't want to remember. 
But you know, I'm old now, and I can pass along these stories, and they're humorous, you know, I guess 50 years later. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, I guess I could just credit that with helping me develop my character and who I am today. So what's that all have to do with cars? Not much, except that I did go drive an electric vehicle there and back. Very impressed. It was a Mach-E GT, very quiet, very smooth ride. You know, there's so much weight there that the vehicle, I mean, you feel like you're driving an Electra 225 from 1976. A deuce and a quarter. It ride well, maybe not that floaty, but it rides very good. Um, unbelievable power on one Highway 107 between Greenville and Irwin. A lot of straightaways with with dotted lines. So if somebody gets in front of you, you can put it in uh, the what is that crazy mode? Unbridled. So it has three modes of operation. Basically, speed. So it has the economy mode, which is where, you know, you would think the most rational people who buy electric vehicles would drive in the economy mode, right? I mean, why are you driving an electric vehicle? To save the world. So that's not fun, though, when you want to show how quickly this thing can accelerate. Then you have the next mode is, no, oh, I can't remember what they call it, engage. It's called the engage mode. So it gives you a zero to 60 in about five seconds, pretty quick, or you can go unbridled. You know, that's appropriate since the thing is, does have a horse on the steering wheel. It's the Mustang horse. You know, it's, it's the car that's not supposed to be called a Mustang, and that's why they call it a Mach-E, but, you know, Ford kind of screwed up on that one, I think. But it has a, a Mustang horse on the steering wheel. It has a Mustang horse on the front grill, which is really not a grill. It's just this flat panel, and then one on the back. doesn't say Ford anywhere on the thing. You'd think they were, you know, not proud of being a part of Ford. But anyway, we, we won't go there. So the, then I put it in unbridled, and I passed a few cars with breakneck speed. Was I breaking the speed limit? Yes, I was. Um, but you have to, you know, if you're going to pass, pass somebody. So, but it is crazy fast when you put it in unbridled. It's zero to 60 in 3.8 seconds. That means it's getting to 30 miles an hour in about two seconds. That's pretty quick. Um, quicker than most people need to go. So anyway, um, how much power did I, when I left, I had 125 miles of range. I can't remember what it was. I didn't, I was going to check it when I got back. But I think the vehicle has about 300 miles of range. So as soon as I got back, I pulled beside our charger, which is out front of Gateway, and plugged it in for the night. When it came in this morning, 100% charge. Can you live like that? Can you, you know, buy a car, drive it around for most of a week? You know, let's say you drive less than 300 miles in a week and not have to put gas in it. All you have to do is once a week, come home, plug it in. Can you do that? Would you do that? You know, if the price was the same as a gasoline engine car, which it's not, it's higher. I'm not so sure it will be in the future, but it is now. Is that something that you would do? You know, I was thinking about all it is, is a different form of propulsion using a different form of fuel. I don't care how the car goes. Well, I do. I do like the idea of all those pistons and valves opening and closing and pistons going up and down and all that mechanical stuff going on. 
I like that. I like mechanical things. Uh, I like that better than just thinking there's a battery and electric motor. But as far as going down the road, the smoothness, the quiet, you know, not hearing any engine noise. There's no gear shifting. It's just like you're taking off in an airplane. It's wonderful. It's great. I'll admit it. Could you live with that, though, if you were, you know, just using it for local use? I think I could. You know, and uh, as far as traveling, though, heck no. Not yet. Maybe in the future. You know, two things would have to happen for me. Number one, a lot more chargers. They're saying that they're going to be that, that there. Who are there? That's uh, the Biden administration and so forth. They're saying that they will need uh, 28 million chargers. I, I mentioned this about a week ago. They'll need 28 million chargers to handle the 33 million vehicles that are in, or electric vehicles that are expected to be on the road by 2030. Seven years from now. So uh, right now, we have 130,000. They got a lot of building to do. And so maybe that will happen. You know, if if the, the thing can charge in about the same amount of time that I can get gas, I'm good. I'm all in. As long as the price isn't, you know, outrageously more, I would buy an electric vehicle if you could charge it that fast on a trip. Just pull up, plug in. You know, 10 minutes, at least, no more than 15 minutes later, you're fully charging on your way. That You know, I can fill up a, my truck, my F-150, in about, what, seven, eight minutes, maybe less than that. It's got a 36-gallon tank. takes a while. But, you know, also, I don't have to stop as often. I mean, I can go, well, let's see, last time I filled up, it was like it showed 624 miles of range. That's a lot better than 300 I mean, I can go all the way to Hilton Head and almost back in my F-150 uh, if I wouldn't drive so fast going down the road. Of course, you can't drive fast on I-26 or I-95 anymore. It's a parking lot most of the time. Very frustrating. Okay, I'm going to take my first break. I'll be back here in just a minute. I am conflicted somewhat about these electric vehicles. I've got to sell them. They're going to send them to me. I've got to order them. I've got uh, three Mach-E's in stock. Please come down and test drive one, not to buy it, just to come see what it's like. Here's a personal invitation from the guru. Come to Gateway Ford or, gate. well, you can come to Gateway Nissan, too, because we have an electric Nissan. Just come test drive an electric vehicle. Come see what it's like. I promise you I'll keep the salespeople away from you. I will say, stay back, and they will stay back. My guys don't act that way anyway. But still, if you want to just come and test drive, you know you can do that. And you don't have to do it at Gateway Ford. Maybe you're in Denver, Colorado. Call? What is that? I sold my cousin a, a Ford and had it drop shipped to some dealership in Westminster or, or Boulder, someplace like that, just north of, uh, of Denver. And so you could call them and say, listen, I'm going to come and go through their Internet department and say, I want to test drive an electric vehicle. Um, we're not ready to buy. And I would appreciate it if nobody would pressure us to buy anything or we just won't come in. Now, can we? Can you all live with that ground, those ground rules? And they'll say, well, let me check with my manager. And they'll come back and say, yeah, we can live with those ground rules. Now, if they violate those ground rules, you, you can always leave. You know, say, would you like to at least see a price on this? No, we don't want to see a price. We just wanted to drive it. And we appreciate you respecting that. And then we'll go think about it. And then if we do want a price, we'll contact you later. How's that? And they should say, well, that's just fine because everybody's different. So really, for you to understand what electric vehicles are all about, 
you got to drive them. And uh, I'm just, I know, I am kind of negative, kind of EV negative, but it's really only because of the charging system, uh, infrastructure and the range. That's it. That's my beef. Well, and the price. Okay, so how much is this Mach-E GT? Well, okay, folks, hold, are you sitting? Now, it is, um, it is the top of the line. It has got every option you can get on it. It's $72,000. So does that surprise you? It is equivalent to a Ford Edge. What else would it be equivalent to? There's some kid screaming right outside of my office. I think it's my niece. Okay, I think she calmed down. Yeah, my nephew Max, is, uh, his office is diagonally right across from me. And he, I just saw his daughter walking past my office. She's young. She is like three years old and can talk like Winston Churchill. Well, without the accent. She has an incredible vocabulary. And, uh, I mean, it just blows me away. How you doing, Lenny? Uncle Lenny? Are you going to the uh, coming to our house for hamburgers tonight? That's a three-year-old. Complete sentences. Okay, I was talking about the Ford Edge. What? Oh, well, Chevy Equinox, uh, Honda Pilot. You know those kind of those size cars. So it's equivalent to that. It's got a seating for five. Uh, it's got a frunk. You know what that is? That's the front trunk. So it's got cool storage up there and a built-in cooler up there, and then it has a, a hatch that you can raise up and cushion fold down the rear seats. I mean, it's just basically a small SUV that's very sleek and it's, it's lower. It has probably a, the overall height is a little bit lower than the typical SUV, but it's very sporty. And a lot of people, uh, like it and they were selling like crazy. Uh, and then there was a surge of sales for the Mach-E. You know what caused the surge? Well, it was Elon Musk's announcement that he's going to allow Ford owners to charge at, at their charging stations. And why that would cause a surge is because he's got a lot of charging stations out there. And they are fast chargers, and they're the, you know, the ones that will charge your vehicle in about 30 minutes. So that revelation caused a surge. Because, quite frankly, it's just like you or me. Uh, we don't want to have to hunt for a charger. Most of those uh, Tesla charging stations are places where you can find them pretty easy. We go to Somerset, Kentucky to pick up my grandson. There's one right behind the McDonald's and there's usually two or three cars sitting there. I've seen it full one time. We've made a lot of trips up there. You know, that's probably 30 trips up there. And it's been full a few times and it was completely empty this last time. So if I was driving my Mach-E after, let's see, uh, January 1, 2024. It may be later in the year before they actually switch it over. I've got to, we've got to have a different plug because you remember, well, I talked about this the other day. You remember when there were VCRs and Betamax? Well, you know, VCRs ended up winning out and Betamax went by the wayside. Well, that's what's happening with the uh, charging plugs or the charging system that's based on CCS. I can't remember. Sorry, can't remember what those what that acronym is or what it stands for. But the one that Elon Musk uses is got four letters in it, and it's different, but the plug looks totally different. So they're going to send adapters to everybody that has a Ford. They better. Hopefully you won't have to buy it. So that's what's going to make the difference. So anyway, does it make a difference for you? You know, this is a very similar time to 1900. What happened in 1900? Or around 1900, it's when... 
the horseless carriage came around, and there were horses, and there were carriages. And then there was this horseless carriage that had a motor and made all kinds of racket and scared all the little children and dogs and stuff like that. So kind of the electric vehicle is the horseless carriage. And the transition is going to take a while. Now, the speed of technology, the speed that people adopt new technology is going to make a difference. It's a young person's game, I think. I think the, the don't worry about your internal combustion engine going to be here. Although they did say the other day that this was the hottest year in a long time since like 2016. I thought it was hot. It's kind of muggy. That's for sure. Is that a bad sign that it's muggy? Well, they'll make it a bad sign. So uh, what what's the lesson here? Uh, we mentioned it the other day. If you're going to buy an electric vehicle, don't lease it. But, uh, no, wait a minute. I'm not saying don't lease it. I'm saying don't buy it. Lease it. Okay, um, because three years from now it may become obsolete. I don't know what's going to happen from a depreciation standpoint. That's what would scare me about it. I would not buy one. I would lease it. So now leasing is not real popular right now. Everybody's buying stuff, but I tell you what, folks, as expensive as cars are getting, you need to maybe think about it at least to get a quote. This is what I tell people: get a quote. Um, two ways on a car. Find out what it costs to buy it. Let's say that you're financing it anyway and your payments are going to be 550 a month. If you buy it and you finance it for 72 months at 6.5% APR. I would ask and I say, "Okay, just for curiosity's sake, how much would it be if I lease it?" Now here again, just as a reminder, some dealers play with the numbers when you switch to leases. Don't let them Okay, so you're going to ask them, okay, what's the selling price of the car and what is the capitalized cost of the lease? That's what they call the selling price on a lease. That's what's the basis of the lease, um, uh, base, <laughs> basis of the lease payment, okay? Capitalized cost. Make sure those two numbers are the same. If What dealers do, dishonest dealers, they'll jack up the capitalized cost, which means they're making more money on the car. And then they'll quote you a lease payment because really they've got your eyeballs off the sale price and now it's on the payment alone. Same thing for strictly payment buyers. It's the worst way to buy a car in the world. So if you have a trade-in, what do you do on a lease? Well, you can, you know, as long as you're, the, the uh, trade value is not really close to the selling price of the vehicle or the capitalized cost, you can trade a vehicle. You won't get a sales tax credit on it, but they will basically buy your vehicle and then they'll apply as much money as you want them to towards the lease. I personally wouldn't do that. I would, if I had a paid for trade in and I decided that I'm just going to go the lease route. And as long as they can get it in a comfortable payment range for me, just pay me for my trade-in, and I'll keep my money and go pay off something else. You know, go buy a boat. Go buy whatever. New bicy- new electric bicycle. But, or you can take some of that money and put it down on the lease to get the payment down. But, you know, leasing is, is all about not paying money down. You know, that's, that's why a lot of people lease that. Okay, so who leases cars? Well, my brother. Now, I'm a car dealer, and they, you know, I'm not going to advise my brother wrong. So my brother leases. My daughters both lease their vehicles. 
I've got cousins and good friends. And it's for people who uh, know that they want a new car every two or three years, and they don't. They just want to be able to start fresh every time. But again, the secret is to make sure that the capitalized cost is the same as the selling price on the car, and then you'll be good. Okay, I'll take my last break. I'll be back here in just a minute. Now, the limits of leases cause people some heartburn sometimes. What are the limits? You're expected to take care of the car. If you have a, if a rock flies up and hits the windshield, you better fix it. Because if you turn the car in with a busted windshield, they're going to charge you a lot. Probably more than, than it would have cost you if you had done it yourself, turned it into your insurance company, and paid your deductible. You know, excessive door dings, they're going to charge you for them if you, if you uh, turn it in and, and the tires are worn out, they're going to charge you for tires. Maintain your car. You know, take care. If you buy a truck and you haul stuff in the bed, of course you can. They know that it's going to have some scratches in the bed. They're not going to charge you for that. But if it has scratches on the bedside, on the hood, you know, if there's a major blood stain in the middle of the carpet that you never got out and won't come out, they're going to charge you for new carpet. So that's that's one downside. I guess the other is mileage. You know, it, uh, leases don't really work well for people who drive a whole lot of miles. Now, if you drive, I'm going to say, 20,000 miles a year or less, get a lease quote because I think it pays off. Now, they really work well for people who drive less than 15,000 miles a year. Most leases that you see advertised, however, folks, are for 10,000 miles or less. Now, nobody drives that little bit unless you're driving a Porsche. So what else about leasing? I guess just don't be afraid of it. It won't bite you. Just make sure you, you do the things that I tell you to do, and you'll be fine. I like the freedom of being able to, you know, if I have a paid-for trade, I can use that money to, you know, do whatever I want to. I don't have to invest in cars anymore. Yes, I have to make monthly payments, but I don't ever own it. I don't need to own it. You have to insure it. Folks, you don't own it if you finance it. Just miss a couple payments the rightful owner will come and get it. So don't forget that. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru. Call me if you have any questions. 423-552-2020 or Lenny Lawson at, I'm sorry, Lenny Lawson 2020 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time.